And joining us now is Tony Ardeman of Wise Wolf Gold. There's been a lot of development in the financial markets. So I want to talk to Tony about that. Thank you for joining us, Tony. It's good to see you, David. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah. What do you think about this? You got the uh, Powell pivot. Uh, was it really a surprise? Did they bake this up? We had a stock market jumped up on it, but we already had uh, some people who said, well, you know, um, we think they're going to uh, lower interest rates uh, earlier than we originally thought, but everybody knows they're going to lower it because of the election stuff. But uh, how has that affected uh, gold? Well, you know, you have a lot of the the fake paper markets and it's, it's, I think it's helping drive the price right now, especially in those, uh, those sectors, but that's really not what the issue with gold is right now. And, uh, it was funny. I was looking at the, the headlines like Santa Powell is, uh, driving <laughs> the markets and happy days are here again. It reminded me of something, you know, he used the word transitory him and Janet Yellen is about inflation. It was transitory. It was transitory. And then he became very hawkish. And then he uh, raised rates faster than any rate in history. But I, I like what they described now as the rate uh, that they're holding. They called it the terminal rate. And I thought <laughs> terminal really describes it better, doesn't it? It's yeah. a terminal rate now, David. And so they've uh, they've decided they're going to raise rates or lower rates three times uh, starting in 2024 and perhaps into 2025, another four times. Uh, that's what they say. And really, they don't have a lot of choice. If you're going to prop up the domestic uh, economy, you're going to have to goose it with uh, with cheap fiat currency debt. Yeah. Uh, that's what it, it loves it. it. It survives off of that. So I, I think that's the plan right now. You're so right. It's an election year that has nothing to do with sound economics or actually uh, saving the dollar or anything like that. I think I think you're just watching this play out where they're they're hand in glove with the federal government and the uh, sitting administration. That's This is the deal. Yeah, and, and if they can do moves that are going to uh, cause the stock market to pick up, then everybody looks at their portfolio value going up. Well, I'm happy with this, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's funny they call him Santa Powell. I saw a cartoon of uh, somebody had Klaus Schwab and had a, uh, a, a person sitting on his knee, and uh, they called it uh, Santa Klaus. And he says to the person, he says, uh, you'll get nothing and you'll be happy. <laughs> That's basically what Santa Claus is, uh, the Grinch who stole everything from us. Yeah, Zero Hedge has got a, a, a thing quoting Powell, and uh, they call it the Powell pivot. They said, so on December the 1st, he said this. He said, it'd be premature to speculate on when policy might ease. Then on December the 13th, he said, rate cuts are something that begins to come into view and clearly is a topic of discussion. So I guess there's been a lot of economic change or political change, is it? Probably is, is really what we're looking at there, right? Well, uh, it's very malleable. It's transitory, yeah. David. Uh, all policy is transitory. But I think it's I think a terminal better describes it because yeah. what you're watching is the collapse of a system. And, uh, you know, it's funny to watch the, the commentators and everything across the Twitter sphere or the X sphere or whatever it is now. Uh, we'll get into a couple of tweets here in a little while. There, there's so much faith in the this, the fake stock market. It's really unbelievable, yeah. especially when you realize, you know, you have so much uh, of the popular culture is looking at inflation now because it's just it's so evident. I mean, yeah, you know, it's gradually over your lifetime, things start to increase in price and you kind of get used to that because you hear your parents talk about, oh, it used to you know, it cost a, a dime a gallon for gasoline and all, you know, I could go to the movies for, for a nickel. You hear all that stuff. Well, I think you know, even with the, the memes like Home Alone, you know, where the, the prices increased 247% and people are taking notice of that. Well, what's interesting to have the um, the side-by-side -side thinking is that on one hand, you have pop culture realizing inflation is real, that the dollar is fake. And on the other hand, they say, well, I think we have a soft landing. I think everything's going to be fine now. 
Well, if the if the trend is always to lose the dollar loses value, then you, how can you have any faith in that system where you're investing? It's it's rigged against you. The the mere fact that you're dealing in something that constantly loses value isn't in and of itself theft. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's funny, David. I was uh I was just doing some calculations before the, the we did the show. And uh, I have this two and a half dollar gold Indian. Okay, this is I know you can't see it. Right? I'm holding up to the camera, but it's a it's about the size of a dime. Mm -hmm. it, this was two and a half dollars uh, prior to 1933. Um, I did the math on it. Just the meltable gold value, not just the coin value. Two hundred forty seven dollars today. Wow, wow. Two and a half dollars, two hundred forty seven dollars in meltable gold. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to see a, a side by side comparison of what happened to the dollar. That's a great example. Yeah. That's where we are now. And, and, you know, 10 years, 20 years from now, it's going to be even further away. Mm -hmm. So really, I think you're watching two separate things happen. The old system and people are still running back to it because they have either familiarity with it and normalcy bias. Very dangerous because on the horizon, you've got a complete reshuffling, I believe, of the global uh, currency system. Central banks are buying gold at a record pace. We talk about that all the time. I think that's really what's behind the gold price. You'll have these fluctuations and you'll have some profit taking, uh, but we're on a trend. This is not the, the last part of a bull market or the, this is something totally different in my opinion. And I'm not, it's, this isn't, this isn't about investment. This is about watching history happen. And yeah. as a matter of fact, you know, I was listening to um, a couple different podcasts and I got on Robert Kiyosaki's Twitter and I was thinking, this is what I'm watching, and you know, especially with uh, some of the gold analysis. This is like the twilight zone. When they, when he says in the opening, there's a signpost on the road ahead. <laughs> We're watching the signpost, and or, or it, the outer limits where we control the vertical, we control the horizontal. <laughs> <laughs> we are completely in control uh, of everything, and we're going to manipulate it. And we'll have our media come in. I, I'm looking at this headline where it says, uh, "This is from the Hill." Fed keeps rates at a 22-year high. As inflation retreats, yeah, I, I guess all the inflation retreated between December the first and December the thirteenth, right? They, it all just went away, so we can completely change that. And it has nothing to do with an election year, right? Nothing, nothing whatsoever. <laughs> it, it it it's very malleable, very transitory. Actually, it's terminal, yeah. and I think this is what we're going to keep watching. This is going to be ugly. I had somebody comment on my uh, my ex. I, don't, I, I get so. I don't know what I'm supposed to call the thing anymore. It's Twitter. You know, somebody uh, at mentioned me and, and uh, off of one of our interviews and they were talking about, uh, you know, gold is manipulated and uh, you don't talk enough about BTC. And uh, it wasn't a, it was a friendly tweet. And I said, well, actually I love BTC, um, but there's going to be a revaluation soon. I don't know when it's maybe not tomorrow or next week or this year, but it's coming and it's going to be ugly. It's not going to be a pretty thing, you know, because you have year decades of manipulation behind the gold price versus the dollar. And it's funny. I, I want to, <laughs> there's a tweet up on gold telegraph. I, I don't have anything to do with this account, but I find it interesting and it's, it's pretty on point. Uh, you can find him on X and, uh, <laughs> he asked, uh, 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 why doesn't, um, let me find the tweet It was t talking about Jerome Powell and it asked him why, why hasn't a journalist asked Jerome Powell uh, why uh, central banks are buying gold? He says it's just a pet rock, right? <laughs> it's a pet Because rock. the central bank of the United States and the Federal Reserve is not buying gold. Mm -hmm. this is a, I think this is a huge tell of what's happening in the world and, and where we're headed. And again, almost no major financial network is talking about it.
Yeah. I think it's, it's like you talk about, it's the Sherlock Holmes, the, the dog that didn't bark. Why aren't you talking? Why are we focusing so much on these rate cuts? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it really is. It, it really is amazing, David. I mean, we're watching history happen and, and there's just so few, there's a niche group of people that are an, an analysts that are looking at this. And uh, wow, I just I, I get goosebumps thinking about it. We're really watching. And this is happening faster than I haven't even anticipated. Yeah, because, uh, you know, you and I, we talked about about them lowering rates. We didn't see it possibly till getting closer to the election, summertime, 2024. No, they're already doing it because I think there's so many economic indicators that aren't talked about, like the, the Mises Institute talking about the, the contraction of the actual money supply, contracting faster since any time since the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. Those are indicators of a, an economy that's dying. And you have hundreds, hundreds of zombie corporations that are left over, not only from 2008, but from the scandemic from 2020, mm -hmm. they're propped up. You know, you were just, you were just hinting and talking about ESG and environmental social governance and how that all of those, those policies are linked to the federal reserve and the central bank. The, those relationships are what keep these zombie corporations alive. You have, so you have possibly hundreds of systemic failures that could be going on simultaneously in the economy. If the dollar loses its grip anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so I, I it's not good. Uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't find this a, a Christmas rally. Yeah. Uh, I would, <laughs> I would, I would think of it as a good time to exit, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you look at the establishment press, though, like I said, the Hill, the Washington Post. Oh yeah. We've, we've, uh, we've beaten inflation now. It's like, are, are you serious? And, and we talk about that, that policy of gradual inflation, which is now accelerated significantly. You held up that coin. When was that? You said it was from the 1930s, uh, that, that coin. It's a, it's a 1909, oh, and I, I wish we had a better camera. It's a 1909, uh, $2.5 gold Indian. And, and so that's a, before American the coin. creation of the Federal Reserve. And what the Federal Reserve has right. done is, is get rid of 99% of the value of uh, the dollar. Uh, it, it's not a way for us. It, it, it keeps people from being able to really accumulate wealth. And uh, because they are uh, anxious to be able to pay this back to monetize the debt by saying, well, with inflation, we can pay it back with cheaper dollars. And as, but they don't even have to worry about that. As long as they've got this fiat currency, they can just keep printing. And so when you tell people, uh, don't worry, the uh, federal reserve is going to rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic and, um, you know, everybody just parties on. And so you see the drudge report, there's a big champagne glass up at the top. Let's party on. It's, uh, like it's 1999. There, there's absolutely no, uh, concerned about these people going to bring down inflation without triggering a recession, says the Washington Post. Well, good luck with that. I hope that hope that's true. But my concern, again, is, you know, when you look at the long term value, you look at uh, what the, the gold does hold its value long term. But the other thing about it is that we've got to get out of the um, the dollar system because of the CBDC. Now, you mentioned uh, Bitcoin. I've talked earlier this week about how focused they are on Bitcoin. And in terms of manipulating markets, they can manipulate, and they do, uh, the gold, the silver market, but they also manipulate the Bitcoin market as well. It's got a small market cap for these people. It's very easy for these people to come in and manipulate it. And uh, they've got all kinds of tools at their disposal. Uh, it could be um, anything that they're going to do, but Elizabeth Warren is flat out focused on getting rid of cryptocurrency and she's got the biden administration uh focused uh, on that with her as well and if we're not careful they're going to come after cash they'll come after anything that is outside of their dollar and so it is important to push back against that but it's also important to have a, a variety of things 
that are going to uh, be uh, something that's going to keep you out of this system as they redesign it. And, and I like to physically have something in my possession uh, because I'm just too concerned about what can be done uh, uh, with crypto and uh, with manipulation. So, uh, well, you have Jamie Demon. Uh, yeah. testifying uh, before Elizabeth Warren. And uh, he's done this many times. I, d I do not trust this man. Uh, he goes out and he'll, he'll say something uh, counter to Bitcoin, something derogatory. Uh, he'll dismiss it. And then you find out later that his bank and, uh, you know, entities associated with JP Morgan are buying it. Mm -hmm. So he's dropping the price. And I don't know how much of that is built into his testimony, but it's pretty disgusting. And, you know, you, you talked about that, uh, the argument uh, you know, that a lot of crypto people will say, well, actually it's the dollar and it's cash. Yeah. So we should ban that, you know, but that's not the answer either. I, I totally, totally get that. Yeah. You know, there's another tweet from uh, gold telegraph. I thought was interesting. The federal reserve force forecast three rate cuts next year as inflation is still way above the target of 2%. The economic machine is broken. It's starting to make sense why CBDCs are coming so fast. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't see this is the controlled demolition to bring yes. in the central bank digital currency. Yes. And they're gonna go after Bitcoin. I don't know how much damage they can do to Bitcoin, but always look this is a sleight of hand. Whenever they're going to release something new into the ecosystem, whether it's a, a spot uh, Bitcoin ETF or whatever through the Security Exchange Commission getting all the approvals for the the mainline uh financial uh, behemoths to buy in, um always watch for them to try to bring it down first. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know what that's what they're doing, uh, but it's, it makes sense to me. It's an old trick. They use it all the time. They get their clients in and then they uh, go out and they cheerlead for it. Uh, Bitcoin is, it can be manipulated. It's actually harder to do than gold in my opinion, mm -hmm. um, because of the, there can't be any new Bitcoin put into the system. They do manipulate it. They do it through the public relations. They do it through like the testimony in front of Elizabeth Warren, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what that means, um, I do like Bitcoin. We talk about it. Um, there's a lot of, I loved crypto. I like crypto technology, David, but again, it's, it's, there's so much volatility over there. I don't, I'm not telling anybody to go get into it. I think it's good to understand, but the reason that you and I talk every week is because we're not really talking about investments. We're to talking about the overall historical implications of a dying dollar. Yeah. And we don't want that. You and I don't want that to happen because it's going to, it's going to hurt people, but we're trying to get people that are listening and are tuning in that are aware that getting outside of the system is the answer because having physical things that you trade that are outside of the banking system, because the banking system is very volatile. I never tell people to, to close out their accounts, but you need to be aware that there's things that could happen in this country, like bail ins mm -hmm. uh, freezing your account. There is a little known a bit of history after the 2008, 2009 crash, the debacle where we had tarp funds, uh, just after that, David, I watched, this was on 60 Minutes, and it just it didn't get a lot of coverage, but you would have um, teams of people from the FDIC that would go in at night and take over a bank, wear the uniforms, they would let everybody go, and they would have the uniforms on, they would take over the bank. Those banks were repatriated, basically nationalized by the FDIC, major banks all over the country, and they did this quietly as wow. to not cause a banking panic. This happened mm -hmm. all over the, they would secretly, so you would go and your bank would still be open and you think you're talking, but there was all the tellers and everybody operating there were FDIC employees. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Well, you know, it is interesting because when we look at, um, 
We look at Jamie Demon, and of course he's the CEO of J.P. Morgan, but he's acting exactly like the namesake of it, you know, like J.P. Morgan himself, as he's manipulating these things and lying to people. As people pointed out, that uh, oh, okay, so uh, uh, crypto is for criminals. Is is that why you got your own uh, coin? And, um, and and as far as criminals, look at the billions of dollars that you've had to pay in in criminal uh, fines and other things like that. But in the, at the same time, when you look at the way J.P. Morgan, his namesake, manipulated the financial system, got us um, the Federal Reserve and everything, there's now this thing. I don't know if you – this is the first time I saw this, uh, Tony. They started talking about this in July, the Basel III in-game regulations. I thought, whoa, does that sound like that's something from the uh, Bank of International Settlements? And Yeah, it is. And it's under this, the guise, Tony – of saying we're going to take care of um, we we've got to control these big banks because they're dangerous right and so we've got to have if you got assets of a hundred billion dollars or more uh, we're going to uh, put some other uh, capital re- some additional capital requirements on you and of course the people who are pushing this new stuff uh, Daily Caller's got a um, an article about it the people who are pushing it are are the people like Elizabeth Warren J P Morgan these other people they keep saying well we got to get these big banks under control. And so we're going to create the Consumer Financial Protection Board. And yet, what did that do? That made it impossible for the small and medium-sized banks to do business. It made it harder for for, uh, small businesses to get loans and things like that. This is, they call it endgame. That's what they call it, Basel III endgame regulations. And the endgame is, I think they want to end small business and small banks uh, because that's what this is going to do. They're going to double the capital requirements for that, which means that they're going to go up in interest rates for everybody, and and it's going to put some of these uh, smaller banks out of business. So just arbitrarily raise the regulations and the capital requirements. And so, sorry, you don't meet that anymore, and that's the way they bring in the uh, FDIC goons to shut them down. Well, it's just like the you go back to history. The crash of 1907 was orchestrated to help uh, public opinion turn towards a a new central bank. Of course, yeah. they didn't call it that. They had the meeting at Jekyll Island. Uh, on November 22nd, 1910. Mm-hmm. Funny thing about J.P. Morgan, too, I, it's something I noticed. His lifespan, he was born in 1837. His lifespan was the exact amount of time that we didn't have a central bank. He died in 1913. So was from the for year one of not having a central bank, <laughs> Andrew Jackson said, I killed the bank. He wanted that on his tombstone. Uh, he called him a den of vipers and thieves and uh, got rid of the bank. And we didn't have one from 1837 to 1913. And always a crisis was used to precipitate the, the will to do that. And they actually they had some real skullduggery setting that up, too, David. I mean, you've, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, I know your, your documentary, It's a Wonderful Lie. Uh, it's coming up on that time of year again. <laughs> right. They ran it through on, on Christmas Eve, uh, actually December 20, going into the 23rd, 24th, mm-hmm. uh, when, when Congress went home. They used a lot of skull, and they also actually opposed it. Those who had, had written the bill like Aldridge, opposed that sort of, we, it's too strong, it's too regulatory. And it's very, very brilliant the way that they did that. And uh, I think this is what you're, more and more consolidation, and if you study, you know, uh, conspiracy, or if you want to call it that, if you want to study the, um, the conspiracy theory of history, it's all about consolidation. So it would make sense that the, the bank, uh, International Bank of Banks is the BIS. And as a matter of fact, a little known fact, the, uh, uh, the gold that was turned in in 1933 when Franklin Roosevelt said, turn in your gold, and, you know, it had the price of gold at $20 an ounce. And once he accumulated all that he figured he was going to get, they raised the price to $35 an ounce. Well, that gold went to uh, Basel, Switzerland. 
to the Bank of International Settlements. <laughs> yeah. Did they put it in a sealed train with uh, Vladimir Lenin? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I think they were waiting for, waited a few more years. Yeah, that's, that's right. They had, they had to fund communism. Uh, that's, that's true. Yeah. It truly is amazing. You know, what, what it really is a, a den of uh, vipers and uh, thieves. And uh, Andrew Jackson was right about that, wasn't he? And it is amazing, you know, David Stockman, when I talked to him, and he's written subsequent articles about this as well, the destruction of the American middle class. If you divide it out, we just had a congressman say, well, you know, it's a, it divides out to $100,000 debt per American that we've got out here. And he says, when you look at the fact that uh, you had this massive quantitative easing, the lowering of interest rates and all the rest of this stuff, and uh, look at how that transferred money to the upper uh uh, smallest uh, percentage, the 1% or the 1% of the 1%, the 0.1%, uh, and how much wealth they gained at the expense of other people because they're in the stock market. It's one of the reasons, I guess, that Trump and uh, Biden constantly talk about uh, the stock market. That is their metric for success. That's a big part of the wealth transfer when they pump that up. But as he's pointing out, uh, this is destroying the middle class. And it's not just um, the quantitative easing and the interest rates and other things like that, but it was also uh, the, um, the the Trump trillions that were put in there with the COVID stuff. That's what uh, David Stockman talked about when he came on here talking about that. And he's got a book coming out in January talking about how, um, you know, Trump disrupted the economy and and uh, he calls it the war on capitalism. And it truly was a, a war on capitalism because you're not even going to really be a good thing for the economy, even through the stock market. It's just a temporary uh, sugar high. What they're doing is um, by lay, laying this kind of debt across society, they really are enslaving us and um, t- taking uh, away everything out of the society. And so uh, this is uh, something that's going to continue uh, and and. Um, We've seen with all of the debt policies, we've seen how gold has kind of hung in there. But again, the thing I keep coming back to is the completely restructure the financial system and to, um, uh, you know, to uh, completely restructure that with CBDC. So my instinct is to hang on to something that is physical and traditional and that has um, really been there for a long time. Let's talk a little bit about silver. You know, everybody keeps talking about how silver is down at such a small ratio. Has there been any move in silver recently or? Uh, any indication of a silver changing we saw some uh, we saw bitcoin go up we saw gold go up in response to this news that interest rates were going to go down because everybody saw that as being inflationary what about silver has that moved at all not like it should yeah i mean looking at uh, goldprice.org right now and so i can keep the spot prices rotating uh 24 dollars and 17 cents so 24 17 luciferian bankster notes make one troy ounce of silver on the spot the global spot price uh, that is cheap. And historically, uh, I'm had to get my calculator out, but I think we're probably like eight, it takes like 87 or so ounces of silver to make one ounce of gold. And all throughout human history, that number has been completely different. So even going back to uh, ancient Rome and, and the Egyptians, it's usually 10 to 15 to maybe sometimes 20 to one at the, at the most. Mm-hmm. And it, only in our era, where you have an, uh, maybe an error <laughs> only in our error when we when we have a central banking and the markets are so skewed and value so skewed and we really don't know what houses any value do you jump to to crazy numbers like 87 ounces of silver to make one ounce of gold that makes no sense i mean even geologically david it takes uh it's there's 17 ounces of silver for every one ounce of gold estimated in the ground 
Mm-hmm. So why would you have in the third dimension, like right, you know, a, a developed mind uh, and uh, process? How can it be eighty-seven during the the crash and scamdemic, uh, the beginning of uh, the first quarter of twenty twenty? It was one hundred and twenty-five ounces to one ounce of gold. <laughs> so it doesn't make any sense when you have, you know, the the I was uh, one years old and it was uh, fifty dollars an ounce. Not and again, wow, forty wow. almost forty-four years ago. Wow. It was, it was, uh, $50 an ounce. That makes no sense. Knowing what we know about the, the debasement of the dollar, the debt of the U S at the time was less than a trillion. We're at 33.5 trillion and climbing rapidly. We have 130% debt to GDP ratio. Why is silver so cheap? These are open, especially when it's the most thermoconductive metal. I'm a cheerleader yeah. for, for silver, not even as an investment, but just look how crazy that number is. It, it's so cheap right now. Um, but you still, you still won't find mainstream analysts talking about it yeah. because it, there's something wrong with it. And I do know that, that you talk about Jamie Demon, who's the largest holder of silver in the world. It's JP Morgan. <laughs> He's waiting for something to happen, isn't he? Well, and they're accumulating the physical. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I guess, uh, maybe we should start looking at what he accumulates rather than looking at what, uh, Nancy Pelosi has been a good bellwether, her husband, you know, his portfolio, you know, if you mirrored him in the stock market, you'd do pretty well, but Just um, hammering away. <laughs> exactly. He's <laughs> hammering away at it. So yeah, maybe it's a uh, uh, JP Morgan that you need to look at. Tell us a little bit about what is happening as we run up into uh, Christmas. We talked a little bit about it last week when you were on, you got some uh, commemorative things there perhaps, and some other gifts or what could, um, what kind of gift ideas do you have at uh, wisewolf.gold? Well, we definitely anything that you need uh, for gold and silver, we, you can buy direct through uh, davidknight.gold. But we also have our membership program. And uh, as little as $35 a month or just one-time purchase, you can get Wolf Cub, and that's for kids. And uh, Melissa put together a great newsletter, uh, actually, the, and the team helped too. But we have a, a newsletter for wolf cub and it tells a story it has some crossword puzzles yours truly did the questions for the crosswords like fiat is you know fake you can look that up <laughs> i don't want to ruin the crossword but you can, you can and it's good for it's fun for kids and we're going to be putting next year i got a, a lot of attention i'm going to pay to to the wolf cub uh for you know just uh, history uh, different types of coins even stuff like you know the indian head pennies and things that are neat you know because those are still copper copper is going to be in the news i promise you next year folks uh, all the the precious metals will be the resources will be there but we'll, we're focusing on gold and silver uh wolfpack has so many great things happening right now i'm going to be uh putting in some uh christmas rounds i know those are already going out uh, one ounce uh, christmas commemorative silver rounds and and fractional coins and uh, we stayed ahead of the market. We bought some gold uh, early, so we've still got supply on some of the fractional stuff. Um, but that, the, the plan is, and we're really thankful, is to grow next year, continue to um, you know, add uh, members so we can buy uh, collectively for everyone, um, better deals and better supply. So that, that's my goal right now. I'm kind of floating back between uh, Branson and, and North Texas with our two locations and just keeping the supply chain open. It's it's not as easy as it may sound. Uh, there's not a, there's not a lot of availability in product like there used to be when I started this business. All right, I imagine so. Uh, well, it's always great to talk to you. And again, David Gold Tony has set that up to take you to WiseWolf.Gold, and he's got some great uh, programs there where you can do this gradually, uh, where you can train kids with the Wolf Pack, 
and uh, where you can also get information because he's building a, a little community there. You can get information, exchanging it with other people as well as uh, gradually saving. But of course, uh, he can get you gold and silver in any quantity, large or small. And that's one of the key things about that. Tony, it's always great talking to you. And uh, again, nobody knows what the future is going to be, but um, we need to do what we can. I, I, as I, the older I get, the more conservative I get, because, you know, when you're young, you make a lot of mistakes, don't you? And so it's, uh, I've had experiences with uh, some of the, uh, some of the more speculative investments. That's why I'm, I get more conservative as I get older. Uh, it is so good to talk to you. And uh, again, David Knight, our goal will take you to Tony and let him know that you came through us. Thank you so much, Tony. Appreciate it. Thank you, David. The David Knight Show is a critical thinking super spreader. If you've been exposed to logic by listening to The David Knight Show, Please do your part and try not to spread it. Financial support or simply telling others about the show causes this dangerous information to spread farther. People have to trust me. I mean, trust the science. Wear your mask, take your vaccine, don't ask questions. Using free speech to free minds. It's the David Knight Show.